0: Alright, gentlemen, are we ready? As will ever be. Let's go. Uh, before we get any my fan picking up on the mic. I'm not here again. I'm not here anything either. Okay, cool. I just I just want to make sure I'll let it start out. Hello Internet and welcome to another episode of Geek Anthology. My name is Neil Quarter, and I am joined this week by the one true ben and mike and today well press a to continue the a button is located on your controller right next to the b button that's right we're talking about tutorials but where's the any key Ah, <laughs> uh, that oh that joke from uh well from, from uh, really but well yeah <laughs> I, well i i <laughs> i need to continue my, my brain immediately went to uh to starcraft 2's uh the brood wars uh, expansion pack uh, like, first Terran mission so because a Marine says gonna... that. And that's, oh. I think that was one of the first places I heard it. Um, I was gonna say an SCV, but yeah, I
1: think you're right. I think you're like on one of those like commando missions, and he's like, The hell, the hell uh, the where energy? the hell's the
0: energy? key? <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to talk about uh, the ver about uh, tutorials. Yes, there it is. My brain lost Good the words. bad right? <laughs> really? Yes, but of course, first we have signal boosts. Um, Ben, you had something? Yeah, of
2: course right now I'm playing uh Diablo 2 Resurrected, downloaded that bad girl last night. uh been playing Diablo 3 just because and waiting for Diablo 4. You know, of course, uh not putting not betting my pension on that. But uh
0: You don't want to play uh Diablo Immortal? Do you not have a phone? Don't you guys have phones? <laughs> <laughs> They'll never live that down. No, they won't. <laughs>
2: so but yeah so diablo 2 uh yeah definitely just as tough as the original one um not a great
0: tutorial on that one either <laughs> no it really does kind of just throw you in and say have fun yeah uh oh, checking the
2: symbol you know checking the
0: uh settings for your controls I mean, honestly
1: as long as you're not in hardcore mode then i'm perfectly fine with that right yeah.
0: sometimes learn your learn it your own way isn't bad but uh yep. Right. i uh I've got a guy on on the on the internet. He's both on TikTok and YouTube that I want to uh signal boost here. He is a musician n- n- who goes by The Kiffness. Kiffness. And what he does is he finds videos of primarily animals <laughs> making interesting sounds and then using that as a base, arranges a little song around them. Like he doesn't he doesn't edit the animal sound. He just makes music around it. <laughs> um, he came across my Facebook recommended feed at one point, and I just I looked him up for A, it's a very specific thing. Okay. Well, what can I say? He's an intre- It's it's an interesting uh, thing. I'll throw a I'll throw a link in the green room here for for one of the things he did. Um, he's a South African music guy. It's just pretty great, <laughs> at least by my reckoning. Might not be your speed, but. Well, the uh, link you
1: provided is "Ancient Husky Melody," so it's already got points in my book.
0: Yep. So I got another one I
2: want to recommend, but it's uh, um, let's it. it's a TikToker. Uh, there he is. All right.
0: So it is like he'll cut he'll cut them around, but, but he doesn't do much like editing of this. I guess he does audit the husky a little bit, but not much.
1: It's just a funny concept in yeah. general. Auto-tuned animals,
0: Yeah. Mike, you got anything? Uh yeah, I
1: was um <clears throat> I was thinking, um, I mean it's, it's kind of a it's kind of a bittersweet thing because you know, obviously it's terrible, but when Norm MacDonald died recently. Yeah. that uh, shocked so many people, myself included. Ben, can you
0: turn your phone down a little bit
1: yeah i'm trying to get the person i was trying to
0: follow there we go actually had turned it down
1: he um he had apparently been battling cancer for several years yeah and uh anyway i just i always thought he was hilarious and i loved how much of a fearless comedian he was just do whatever he wanted regardless of (laughs) and matter of fact if people told him to do something or not do something he would almost like a teenager be like do the oh yeah i'll do the exact opposite or (laughs) i'll do that thing twice as many times like Um, I, you know, infamously uh, got uh, fired from Saturday Night Live after continuing to make all these OJ jokes when he was told not to. It was, oh, no, um, you know, one of the suits was a friend of OJ or whatever. So uh, anyway, he I've been listening and uh, watching a lot of clips recently going down memory lane and all that stuff. And there's a a dearth of amazing Norm Macdonald material from his stand-up to his appearances on TV shows to his own TV show that he had uh, in the aughts, I believe. Um, Just a lot of good stuff. Um, If I had to pick one thing that I would just shout out, though, I would say the movie Dirty Work is just friggin' hilarious. It's so great. And um, apparently there's an R-rated version of it um that's even funnier which i didn't realize but just even just the regular pg-13 version is hilarious um it's just got like just (laughs) so many great uh so many great bits and um it's got chris farley when you know he was in his uh, prime as well and um yeah just sorry that uh... was
0: that was perhaps in in
1: cold uh, (laughs) bad taste well i mean i'm sure uh, you know norm would probably appreciate that sense of, that that gallows humor so it's kind of fitting um anyway um so yeah anyone who hasn't gotten around to watching dirty work i highly recommend it it's hilarious uh oh, it's yeah. one of those movies it's like it's just kind yeah. of a just kind of a stupid movie but like brilliantly stupid you know like what you see is what you get and constant you know hilarity um i mean it's not like all the jokes don't aren't aren't gonna land but like most of them do and there's so many jokes like per capita if you will per minute yeah that is just (laughs) so good uh you know it's um you know he's in that that wheelhouse of like you know adam sandler and other like um people that were on the cast fest now and people knew and stuff, there's that whole kind of click where they show up, show up in each other's movies and stuff. Um, and that was just, uh, it just kind of reminded me of that. Cause um, you know, Billy Madison is another example of a really dumb movie that's really brilliant. That's really hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's kind of one of those things it's hard to kind of like encapsulate what's so hilarious or great about you. you just kind of have to, you got to see it for yourself. Um, so yeah, anyone who hasn't got around to watching dirty work, I highly recommend it. And then just, uh, just awesome norm stuff on the internet, which you will not have you uh, will not have trouble finding Not just hard go to find on YouTube moment, or whatever. Yeah. I've been enjoying right. like the moth joke that he told on uh, Conan O'Brien, and um, just you know a lot of different montages and stuff. Like I like I mentioned, the Weekend Update stuff—that's some of his best stuff. Was yeah, uh, his his stint on on Weekend Update, because um, he was just, he just did his own thing. He didn't worry about what was like trendy or whatever. That was one of the things that was consistent about in his, his career is that he would never pander ever. He just always would do whatever he wanted to do. And, you know, you it may not always be funny uh, to you in the moment, you know, everyone, you know, humor is subjective, obviously, but it's very rare that you, you see someone like that, you know, who just has the the stones to do that especially when it it cost him like real like tangible like you know career stuff like he got fired from snl and as far as like what he would do he just you know he just uh you know did stuff that interested he didn't he didn't go out and like campaign for stuff you know so like he lived life on his terms and i respect the hell out of him for that right
0: Mm -hmm. um i have to be pedantic just very briefly you said (laughs) very briefly I, I doubt this. I'm pressing X to doubt. <laughs> you said there was a dearth of material. Uh dearth is a shortage the, of. You 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 wanted an abundance or a surfeit.
1: Oh, yeah. You're right. Wealth, I think, is what I meant to say. Yeah.
0: Right. Wealth would have worked, too. Just Yes, dearth
1: is the opposite. Yeah. Now, that's a straight-up uh, actual correction, so I'm not going to consider that pedantic. That's plethora. just attention to detail. Plethora. Yes. Plethora is the good one. It's would you call it a too. plethora? Just <laughs>
2: yeah, so, I want to add to mine, uh a TikToker named Nick Hill Clayton. He does the Adams Family
0: Moves to Gotham. That sounds amazing. Oh, okay. it is hilarious. Because yeah, one, one whole thing a link somewhere, Ben. Okay, hang
2: on. Um well, whole thing about the Adams family's Adams family meeting Batman. because <laughs> it turns out Wednesday and Damien are dating.
1: <laughs>
2: and uh yeah basically you know they're trying to figure out if gomez uh and uh, morticia are you know are villains or heroes um and you know it starts with morticia putting the joker in the hospital why because he beat up harley and not in a good way um so yeah it's just amazing um yeah they're they're hilarious all right link linky link in Thingyding, um starting in yeah. Uh, uh, I mean I'm not
0: gonna I'm not gonna be able to look it right look it up right now. Just oh, yeah, no, absolutely not. so that absolutely that way I can I can throw a uh link in the in the doobly doo. Right. So but
2: he also does a good one on uh why certain things are and are not fridging uh in um you know in Marvel Universe and DC Universe. Yeah. Um and uh, yeah he just does a whole bunch of good stuff. Um you know like tearing apart certain tropes. It's
0: pretty it's good. Worth checking out.
1: By the way, once the uh, once the season is over, we'll definitely have to do an episode on Marvel's What If, right?
0: I haven't watched any of it yet. My problem is I, I tried to watch the first episode, and I can um and I can force my way through it. Here's my problem. i the writing's great. I have no problem with it. You don't like the animation. I don't like the art style and animation. That is correct. Yeah, I saw that coming to my hallway. <laughs>
1: well, I don't know for for me, like when I first not watched, wrong. <laughs> when I first uh, started watching it, Like, I feel like I didn't care for it either for like a few minutes. And then it just kind of like melded away. Like, it just stopped bothering me. I can't really explain it. I can't (laughs) put it into words. Like, it was weird. At first, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. This is kind of weird looking. I'm not sure if I like the look of this. And then after like maybe five minutes, I just, I don't know. I just kind of got sucked in and just didn't really
0: care. It's artistically, it's not bad, but like, it's just not for me, has has been my whole deal. So I'll say my
1: my classic example of um, like a look that I can't stand is the squiggle vision from Dr. Katz. I feel like I want to punch throats for an hour straight whenever I see that little squiggly style of Dr. Katz.
0: I don't know what you're referring to, but okay. You never heard of
1: Dr. Katz? Can't say I have. Oh, it was on on Comedy Central. Um, Yeah. I guess it's kind of a deep cut these days, but it was a thing. K-A-T-Z, I believe. That was uh... Check that out.
2: He was a, um, oh, for? It's like a
1: very dry comedy thing about a psychiatrist and his son, another supporting character. It's kind of like one of those monotone <coughs> NPR type, uh, shows and how it sounded, but Dr. With, like, Katz, a professional event. therapist. That's the one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I said psychiatrist, then, yeah, therapist, technically. Yeah.
2: Right. Did he, uh, I think I remember that because it was a, uh, uh, was the voice the voice actor was what uh, was the big draw behind it.
1: All I remember is, uh, aside from how annoying it looked, uh, oh and not funny, yeah, I've funny, seen was it was one of those shows where like a lot of like a lot of like celebrities or you know like actors or whatever just kind of like cycle through and just like do spots on the show. Yeah. Kind of like Space Ghost is a good example of that, where it's just kind of a it's like a thing, it's like a um, framework, and then you have people kind of like shuffle in, show up. It's one of the most random like mm-hmm. um, uh, like guest lists ever, by the way, is Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Right.
0: They might be giants on there at one point. Um, if for people who are trying who can't picture what Mike's talking about with Squiggle Vision, uh, the other thing that you could call that uh, that used the, the same art style was uh, home movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is a and much that matter. Much funnier uh, show. Science Court. If I recall, what I think that was what it was called. Science court or math court. I think I it remember. annoyed
1: me less because home movies was actually funny. Like I didn't find Dr. Katz that funny either. So kind of one yeah. two punch there.
0: And I'll do it. Yeah. It was called science court, um, which was also was that um, another adult swim thing. Uh, no, it was technically on uh, ABC's Disney one Saturday morning. Um, and it was a, it also was done in squiggle vision. Um, and they tried it was essentially it, it was some sort of like they they taught science in a semi in, in a semi uh, educational manner and Paula Poundstone was the judge, which is a name that you <laughs> Paula that, Poundstone that's nineties as fuck. Yep, right. <laughs> but yeah, um, so yeah, that's Squiggle Vision. Um, anything else? That's it for me. Okay, I think we need a tutorial on how to, on how to better pace our episode. No, <laughs> no we are always a stream of consciousness show and if you don't like it (laughs) um okay well spoiler of the whatever it is this at this point because i'm releasing episodes as we as we record them so like i'm not on a strict schedule at the moment because i can't be because life so (laughs) sorry everybody but we're doing i'm doing the best i can with these
1: (laughs) you can always make it something vague like tonight spoiler or spoiler of the episode
0: yeah right
2: we do have a, we do have a spoiler tonight, don't we? Yes, we do. Mike, so I remember,
0: Yeah, I can't remember what we decided on. So uh, go ahead, Mike. Obviously it's tunnel snakes rule. Ah, yes. Tunnel snakes. Rule. Tunnel snakes rule. Because By the way, if
1: you haven't quite, I guess, quasi bonus, extra special signal boost, um, <laughs> if you haven't already done so,
0: look up the uh, tunnel snakes rule techno remix. It's great. <laughs> but yeah, um, we might as well start there too. Why not? Sure, um, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Fallout Three, so yeah, what is a we... place to start. Yeah, uh, ha, ha, ha. I see what you did Hi-oh. there.
2: Oh, so, so yeah, Fallout Three mixed character, uh, character creation with the uh, with with, the tutorial. The, with yeah. the tutorial. That was really
0: nice. Yep. Um, you learn to... basic movement controls by being a baby,
1: right? Yep, and you have to crawl towards Liam Neeson, right? He teaches you about a very particular set of skills through your picture book. <laughs> no that, that, that's that's it. when you're in high school it's uh strength agility it's uh, strength, or perception, or no, strength
0: perception because it's endurance. in order Yep, mm-hmm. endurance intelligence charisma and in, yeah, uh yeah, intelligence. Charisma, Intelli- yeah sorry charisma intelligence Agility. agility. Good luck. Yep. uh... It was going to be based on GURPS, but then they didn't get the GURPS license, so they just just built their own. Right. It works. (laughs) So,
2: And the the funny thing is, is, um, you know, you talk about, you know, teaching you a very particular set of skills because then you had to go, you had to find him.
1: Indeed. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of funny how that works out. (laughs) And you killed a lot
0: of people. Mm Mm-hmm. Most likely. I mean, I'm all looking for your dad. But what's really funny is um, you, you can think f- things
1: explode you, with a BB gun. You can yeah,
0: technically, um, you could technically beat uh, Fallout Three pacifists really hard, but yeah. you can do it. Yeah, that's yeah, be, be damn tough.
2: You gotta dump your, you gotta up your charisma, and everything else has gotta be your dump stat.
0: And uh, typically, Pacifist means to be de- defined by you not killing things as well. Mm-hmm. Uh your friend, however. Companion loophole, huh? Because yeah. <laughs> there are a few things that that have to die, if I recall
2: correctly. Call
1: uh, uh, all Smithers on them and release the hounds of dog meat. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: The thing I did not like about Fallout 3, um well it did not so much like it, but it made it difficult was your companions could die, die. Dog meat could just end up getting
0: killed. Yeah, and that unless you're that annoying. Um you unless you got a perk,
1: right? You'll uh quick save, quick load keys are your friend
0: well i mean that was the case in the first two
1: fallout games too yeah but yeah to go back to the main you know subject matter there the tutorial after you do the little baby crawl thing and go through the book and all that allocate your points then you <clears throat> you it's your 10 year birthday party and of course you have the uh little machine with the with the like paper hat ba- <clears throat> birthday paper hat which is classic and then like using a giant fuck off like rotating blade to like cut the cake <laughs> Right, got yeah, that's like a sawmill blade, you know. Right, and it's, it's on uh, Mister Handy, yeah, buzz yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: and putting, putting that putting in the hands of Mister Handy.
1: But yeah, this is a right. fun way of kind of like um, teaching the various gameplay elements, and mm. uh, while also doing the narrative, and it's a good voice. Then activity. Liam
0: Neeson gives you a BB gun, and you go kill some roaches, right? You and uh, you have to really
1: keep your eye on a swivel because there's like one or two skill point books like right there in the tutorial, and you cannot go back to it because it's the tutorial. Mm-hmm. there's like a medical book and a little like first aid area i think possibly one other one there's just a comic the book there's a comic book oh that's there. right it's the grognar barbarian thing right grognak yeah. the, yeah. the barbarian
2: um yeah that gives you the melee one that helps out a lot
1: yeah i think that's uh, the hand-to-hand either
2: that or the melee it's one of those two and then there's the um is your goat is it the goat test
0: yeah yes. the, goat, the test. goat test generic operational aptitude i think Test. right
2: um too, which lets you set your um, your skills. I
0: think your it lets you uh, g- generalized op- c- op- c- occupational aptitude tests, and it uh, it uh, allows you to set your tag skills.
1: Right, right. The ones that get the bonuses. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: the ones that get yeah. I think a I like
1: got fifteen point
0: bump. A with straight up ten percent bump, and I think they also level faster from skill points. I, I know they did in 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 one and two. And you have the option of like customizing
1: it like whenever you're done with the question so right. yeah it's, yes. it's funny when that you when funny. you
0: spoiler alert leave the vault um leave the vault oh oh no then you can literally change any and all decisions that you've made thus far yeah um.
1: I, I just i really enjoyed the goat section because it was there's a lot of comedy there and like uh, the dialogue choices and stuff like you talk to him you'll be like yeah no like real talk like this this whole test is fucking pointless like pick whatever you like <laughs> There's yeah. all this. There's all this great stuff that's in there if you pay attention to like what the other students say and like structure and stuff. Right,
2: right.
1: So, um, <clears throat> so yeah, and, Fallout Three is definitely a good example, I think, of tutorials. You know, it's like it's it's like it's a decent length tutorial, but it also covers so much and is interesting and is like tied into the story that you don't notice how long it takes. So I don't feel like it really
2: stretches on, and it's it's, exactly. it's about right. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it. Um. And segueing from that one. I mean, by the time you're coming out into the world, you've used, you've used a weapon. You know, you snuck around. You've healed somebody. Uh, you can save. Was it uh, Butch's mom? Yeah, you know how to yeah. use the pit boy. You know the basic systems
1: like the stats and stuff. And, and another thing too is um, if it's another nice thing about tutorials is like, um, you know, if if you uh, if you do like another playthrough of the game and you have to do the tutorial, well, first of all, just the fact that is it skippable or not, but if it's not skippable, then like, is it fairly painless to go through if you know how to go through it? And I think Fallout 3 okay. passes that test because a lot of the length of the tutorial is just talking. So if you know what yeah. you're doing, you can just you burn can through that, the all tutorials. the dialogue super quick.
2: Yeah, you know? yeah, it works out and it works really well because it does develop the story and you can take the story in different directions. And
1: that's actually a good example what you touched on there been about um the butcher's mom being in danger by mm-hmm. the roaches is uh that's that's kind of a tutorial of like story consequences you know exactly. that's also
0: how you get your
1: uh your tunnel snakes jacket that's right, right. and tunnel snakes rule
2: exactly so you make nope. sure the tunnel snakes rule
1: and of course there's the overseer situation as well however you choose to do that handle that
2: situation right Anything. that that affects your friendship with uh oh god I amara or, or
1: amada yeah Amata, yeah, that's the mod, I think, yep. So yeah, I mean,
2: it, it does change. It does have uh, story effects, you know, massive story effects all the way through.
1: Mm-hmm. I feel like Bethesda games in general have always had good tutorials. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, That was, uh, see, Fallout 3, that was a couple of years after Oblivion. Um, yeah. I, I always enjoyed the Oblivion tutorial. You have to, like, skulk through the um, through the tunnels, like, escape the tunnels and yeah. guard Patrick yeah. Stewart until inevitably he is tragically
0: killed. Yeah, it's uh, worth pointing out that the Skyrim tutorial is much worse because <laughs> the no, well, no, here, here's here's the deal. Like the Oblivion tutorial really does actually hold your hand through everything, <laughs> whereas the Skyrim tutorial expects you to have a, a, a modicum of existing game knowledge. <clears throat> and the only reason I, I can say this is because I've been watching a YouTube video series from a guy whose name I can't remember, who has been. um. Getting his non-gamer wife to play games so that he can observe her and then talk about his observations on YouTube.
1: Ah, so it's like a uh, it's like a science test subject. It's so romantic. Yeah, and he <laughs> and and
0: yeah, well, you know she she's she's willing. Yeah, she's a willing um, participant. Yeah. Yes, it's not like she's just not like not like he's coercing her and or manipulating. her. No, it's so just posted you know.
1: to the internet. Yeah,
0: right. But he was like, and one of the things I noticed is that. My wife had no idea what to do in Skyrim mm-hmm. because it doesn't actually tell you how to do a number of things. It just expects you to know to do them. Yeah. Right. Oblivion, literally like the only thing like oblivion actually holds your hand all the way through the, 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 the tutorial bit. Right. Part of that is like, it's a, it's kind of a victim of it.
1: Uh, victim of its own success, where it's like, yeah. Oblivion was such a crazy big hit that, like, really took that franchise to, a, you know, the whole next yeah. level. And it, yeah. so it was what, like five years what, after you. Oblivion came out. that uh, Yeah.
2: So they kind of yeah. assume you've already played Skyrim. There's
1: going to be plenty of people that haven't played those types of games, so I, I do agree with Neil that, like, it could do better. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it certainly
0: could. Or, or you know, if we really want to do, have, have, have Oblivion be the good, Skyrim mm-hmm. be the bad um and you want to continue with uh bethesda morrowind is the ugly oh god <laughs> because you want to know what morrowind's uh tutorial is <laughs> nothing yeah it doesn't have one it's like hey yeah.
1: you're in a jail all right so to uh, tell us about your character all right well hey you're, you're out of jail all right now go fucking explore this world and it kicks you in the yeah. ass here, just here good. Bad.
0: it's here like, are systems that um that really don't make a lot of sense initially.
1: <laughs> in a weird kind of a meta way, like I kind of like how that is because I kind of feel like, and well, I, I, my memory is a little incorrect there. I guess Morrowind was the one that really broke through and brought to the yes, next level. Was. But Oblivion definitely built on that foundation. Yeah. yeah. Now that I think about it, uh, yeah, Morrowind was two thousand two. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and I kind of yeah. cut
2: my teeth on Morrowind in terms of in terms of uh, you know RPGs. Yeah, and I remember Marrowinds being okay. It was it you know, wasn't completely non-existent.
0: My my deal is, I actually played Morrowind after mm-hmm. having played Oblivion because mm-hmm. I was yeah, like, oh wow, related. this Oblivion, this was really fun. Mm-hmm. Kind of, kind of sad that I'm kind of out of stuff to do in it. Well, hey, they made this mm-hmm. other game that my uh, that my sibling has a copy of. On CD, remember when games came on CD? <laughs> yep.
2: When you owned the games that you purchased, I remember yeah. when they
0: came on floppy disks. Yep, yes, I remember that too. The big actual floppy floppy disks?
1: Mm-hmm. Barely. I was kind of. I was really young, but yes, I do remember the actual the discs that were called floppy discs that were actually floppy.
0: Mm-hmm. Like where in
1: the world was Carmen Sandiego? That was yep, like to play. Yeah, that's the one. Sid Meier's Ring Pirates. Reality.
0: Yeah, but um, so I I borrowed Oblivion from them and. I tried to play Oblivion. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I had no idea what I was doing, like, it really just does just, just throw you in and say, okay, play the game now.
2: Yeah, Oblivion.
0: Like, what am I doing? What, what's well, my goal? Yeah. What's my motivation? <laughs> yeah, I think you have, like, kind of a vague,
1: like, clue to the main quest. What line are the
0: shit. controls? <laughs> yeah. I well, actually kind of liked
1: how, like, how are
0: skills? <laughs> and how do how I metal
1: sense? Because, see, i didn't play i actually played the games in order i didn't Mm -hmm. i played morrowind first and there's just something at the time the graphics were just incredible yeah like on a quality pc like that was some groundbreaking shit like i remember like taking a moment to just kind of like stare at the water and play around in the water i'm like holy crap this is so realistic right my 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 ridiculous uh my you know self-aware ridiculous quote for that i think was The water looks more real than real water. (laughs) uh, I just I kind of got like super immersed and lost in that, and also because it's just strange, unique world. I think that really enhances it too, right? Because it's like you don't there's there's not as many like generic tropes. There's like all these unique like creatures and vistas and environments.
0: It's just really interesting. Yeah, I have no doubt that Morrowind was a good game. My problem was. Like, think of uh, my my sort of thought process. There is that like the the Elder Scrolls games, at least three, four, and five, have kind of been like a diamond. Mm-hmm. Three was a rough, uncut diamond with potential. Four was a faceted was a faceted gem that had been that had been worked on, and then five was one where they had maybe overcut a little bit. That's a pretty
1: good analogy, I think.
0: Yeah especially if you're interested in in your, if you're interested in becoming a lapidary like myself, (laughs) but uh, we can go from that to uh, yeah. So I think we are in agreement that, that for the most part, at least these days, Bethesda does pretty good uh, uh, tutorials. They don't do their, their games are interesting in that they usually are only about three quarters done and then get finished by, by the players afterwards. But (laughs) um, it's also, you know, also interesting how many times
1: they managed to release Skyrim. Right? It's Well, <laughs>
0: it's like that in Rockstar releasing Grand Theft Auto 5. Uh, yeah, definitely. Which, uh, by the way, is coming to uh, to the Xbox Series X and uh, PS5 with no uh, particular improvements. But uh, we want you to pay full price for it again. Of course. <laughs> you know, that reminds me
1: of uh, Grand Theft Auto 3. Uh, that's another classic example of basically no tutorial whatsoever.
0: A eh, little bit of one. Yeah, it's like, here, get in the car. And you go up to the car, yeah, and there's a thing like, that says, press button to very get in the basic car. Thing. It's like, yeah. oh,
1: hey, this is how you get in a car and drive around. Hey, this is how you shoot a gun. Hey, this is how you run around. All right, good luck. Yep. It's like all that stuff that you would have kind of like figured out on your own within like two minutes of just pressing buttons anyway. More <laughs> right. or less. Oh, oh, or we... Before we get too far in other stuff, we should uh, carve out some time to talk about Bloodlines. I think that's one of the best tutorials ever. Vampire Masquerade Bloodlines. I uh,
0: I can agree with that. Um, I, I would like a chance to rant about the worst tutorial I've ever seen in my life, though. Alright, All well, go ahead, and, go ahead and rant first and then we can kind of, you know, lighten okay, it enjoy. up with
1: a good example.
0: So, <clears throat> Kingdom Hearts 2. Let us talk about the problems with Kingdom Hearts 2. Floor 1. <laughs> you start... In that game, as not the main character you are expecting from Kingdom Hearts 1. Because apparently, the people who made the game were expecting you to have played the Game Boy and PSP spin off titles to know what in the planet of fuck is going on. So you start playing as this character you don't know, going around and Walking between scenes to watch long cutscenes interspersed with doing things that you never do again.
1: Unskippable.
0: They are unskippable unless you're playing. Um, that was one thing that they fixed in final mix was they made the cutscenes skippable in the first playthrough, because technically they can be skipped in the second playthrough, but not in the first one. So you'd go around doing things like walking around the town and talking to people and do and writing a skateboard and doing tricks, which you do once in the entire game or uh, putting up posters around town, which you never do again or playing uh, or, or, or having to hit a ball with um with, with a bat. So it stays up in the air, which at least kind of teaches you uh, air juggling a little bit. But really, no. Um, it and- sounds like one of those shovelware title, titles for the Wii, where
1: they just like throw a bunch of like mini games together and call the game and sell it for twenty to forty dollars.
0: So that has always been the fa- like the non combat of the Kingdom Hearts game has always been the weakness of the Kingdom Hearts games. Um, like the combat. Is super tight and really engaging and a lot of fun and great, and everything else is kind of a drag. And they always try to put in so many of these little interesting mini games, like the gummy ship sections, where you're now you're playing a a rail shooter and, um, or like a bunch of different mini games, and by and large, they all suck. To say, because you
2: know, I, I'm tempted at this point to ask, you know, to ask you to show us on the doll where the game hurt you. Uh, so, I mean, this is this is this is pretty passionate, man.
0: <laughs> uh Well, here, I Kingdom Hearts games, I like them, but they have such flaws, so it's it's a complicated thing. So, here's the main problem mm-hmm. with the Kingdom Hearts two the kingdom hearts 2 um which okay. intro tutorial. if you can't skip the cuts and you don't know and and you don't know to go to specific places to trigger the next chain of events because the game is not particularly clear it can take you what it took me to get through the tutorial to kingdom hearts 2 which was approximately 2 hours wherein you are not playing as the main character and you're not doing the one thing in the game that's fun, which is combat. Well, a big part of
1: uh, not knowing what to do next is um, having an unclear um, interface. That's, yeah. uh, that's an important part of all this stuff as a through line for all this is having an interface that you can actually read. understand.
0: I mean, well, the interface isn't bad. The problem is it doesn't say, okay, now you need to go here. You just kind of oh, yeah, have to wander funny. around until... A couple times, you have to go back and forth between loading between loading sp- uh, spaces a few times so that enough, quote, time has passed, unquote, for the next thing to happen. People, like, designers always underestimate, like, how
1: much they need to just have a literal thing that says, hey, go this way, do this thing. Right.
0: Yeah, like, that has been my, uh, my only nitpick um, with uh, Ghost of Tsushima, which, by the way, has a pretty good uh, tutorial. Um, Ghost Tsushima is a game by Sucker Punch Studios. It's on the PlayStation uh, where you play as a samurai fighting back the Mongol hordes during their first invasion of Japan. Um, Mm It's A lot of fun, Um, but there's portions of the game where you are supposed to investigate an area. So you have to find the thing and then press the context sensitive button to look at the thing. And it doesn't tell you where to look. And uh, you have to get pretty close to the thing for the for the button prompt to appear. So it's very possible to just kind of wander around and not know what you're what what you're supposed to be investigating next. And yeah, there really the it needs needs it's really needs to like that like, feeling when mm-hmm. you're
1: like you're just like randomly like either moving the mouse around or moving the joystick around, and you're just looking yeah. through like every square inch of a surface to see where the interactive is. Like, I hate that. And makes, if, it's and
0: all they really needed to do to fix it was have a timer that after a while of you just do, 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 walking around and not knowing what the hell's going on for a thing to pop up because eventually, because if you do spot something, but move past it, then an icon stays, remains above it. <laughs> so all they need to do is just, you know, set a timer and, you know, after three minutes or something the icons just appear so you know what to do. Anyhow, that, that's my soapbox about Ghost of Tsushima. It's a freaking awesome game. Just those things are all like, luckily those that that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. So it's mostly just like, oh, this part again. <laughs> Dang it, can I get back to the really awesome sword play? Or shooting people with bows or riding my horse? <laughs> Sounds like a deadly triathlon. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, oh, that reminds me of uh, my brother made a suggestion for future Olympics that I think is hilarious and, and, and great. Um. Um, for all future Olympics, the triathlon or not the triathlon, sorry, the pentathlon should instead be randomly selected at the uh, at, at the Olympics by pulling events out of a hat. And you can let anyone who wants to attempt to participate. Can you imagine the waivers involved? Right. Well, I mean, you're you're at the Olympics to do the thing. Not not I'm sorry. Any not anyone who wants to, but it, any of the competing athletes. Ah, not not it, not random schmo off the street, but like. No, I think so that'd it, be
2: kind of fun too. I, yeah, be I mean that maybe. that would be interesting. <laughs> but yeah,
0: <No>. the pentathlon. <laughs> we pull out. Okay, so our pentathlon events this uh, this uh, this summer Olympics are archery, long jump, the hundred meter dash. Um, the, the 500 meter butterfly swimming and discus pole vault. who wants to do.
2: Them? <laughs> see, I think the Olympics, you know, needs to involve more combat.
1: <laughs> yeah. I would like to see a pole vault into the body of water
0: and then you have to immediately start swimming. <laughs> There's a good start. <laughs> You just have to make sure that all the events are like you couldn't you couldn't say like include dressage in the in the uh in, in the like uh the, tathlon, right? the pentathlon but or things that are directly competitive so as much as i would love it love one of the events of the pentathlon to be ping pong uh <laughs> or right. table tennis as they call it because apparently ping pong is a little bit uh, derogatory yes yeah, table which, tennis which is know. a rock star video game <laughs> But yeah, that was my that was my screed on uh, on Kingdom Hearts two and on Ghost of Tsushima and on the Olympics. So who's next? Oh, uh, well, I was going to cover Bloodlines. Oh yes, just lighten things up by talking about
1: how we're eternally damned in a world of darkness.
0: Oh man, and you're oh, a Malkavian yeah. too. That just sucks, man. <laughs> yeah, well, smiling. Never Jack. play the Malkavian first.
1: Yeah, smiling Jack. He's great. He's one of the favorite. Uh, he's one of the. Like famous characters from the lore books and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he survives to Gehenna. Yeah. The, um, so basically the, the gist of the tutorial is your uh, newly embraced kindred who is spared the final death for political reasons. Because generally speaking, that's that's how the Camarilla and many others for that matter roll is, oh, you just embrace somebody without, you know. Without uh, solution then uh you get killed and so does your offspring. or at the very least they're responsible for you but in this case since they executed your sire well you don't really exactly have out for you yeah so smiling jack is kind of a uh kind of a gruff lovable um bruja biker type vampire used to be Who, a pirate yeah he used to be a literal pirate which makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. I feel like a you know biker gang is a pretty good spiritual successor to pirate in, in some mm-hmm. senses yeah. um but anyways by John DiMaggio. Uh,
0: Yes. Yes. Bender for all of you who don't know who that is.
1: Very prolific voice actor, of course. But yeah, he's does a great job, and uh, it's just kind of a fun, like immersive way of getting into it, and uh, it's it does a good job of kind of blending the um, the game mechanics and then like the basic lore of like your situation vis-a-vis the basics of like vampire strengths and weaknesses and like clans, or at least the one that you chose and uh because you know, you ask questions and stuff and he gives you the basics about like Camarilla, Anarch, Sabat, and the uh, vampire clans and stuff. And like uh Neil pointed out, he'll have a he'll have a specific reaction to particular clans. Like if you're malkaven he'll be like, Oh man, you're really fucked because <laughs> they're known <laughs> for being insane. And then of course Nosferatu you'll say something along those lines, like, Oh, grin you're but ugly too. Great. And um uh, actually that's, that kind of reminds me of one of the parts of the, um, of the tutorial is it teaches you how to like, teaches you how to feed from, uh, from humans and from rats. There's like a rat and like a homeless dude that you feed from. And, uh, I, I always thought that was just a funny throwaway line when he tells you to go like feed on the rat You feed the rat and come back and he's like, ah, he actually did it rat sucker. <laughs> yeah. And if you're Nosferatu, you actually get twice the um, like nourishment from the rats. That's one of your clan advantages. But yeah, it doesn't
0: get oh, a job yeah, it's because that you can't basically. really go above ground without you know breaking the yeah masquerade
1: pretty much. Um, but yeah, it covers you know um, movement, melee combat, range combat, basic weapons, uh, feeding from the various things, and dis- basic discipline powers. It, it pretty much runs the game and does it fairly efficiently. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I just and very atmospherically too, which
0: is important. Yeah, yeah
1: really well done the way it all kind of comes together it's like a cohesive scene too that kind of just segues into the natural like um
2: call to action in the game right <clears throat> well it, it makes kind of sense it's like oh hey you're newly undead here's how to, here, here's how to here's how to uh, live without a pulse well
1: the interesting thing about it too is like see even in the in the tutorial there's already like subtext about like the game's plot and the characters involved because right yes you are technically spared but It could be argued that if Smiling Jack didn't show you the ropes that you would have just easily gotten killed in that attack right and there's like the question of who knew the attack was coming who didn't and right. did they expect you to just the the implication there is that you were mercifully spared but the but he just the prince just expected you to get killed in the attack anyway so he got the political benefit of being this merciful benevolent ruler but then still having the same thing wind up happening
2: killed yeah yep so i mean not yeah i wish i had had a chance to play that
0: uh play that game because i haven't had a chance to go on steam yeah, you need to download a community patch to to iron out a bunch of bugs, but that uh, was community. That was the, yeah, that it, was the Achilles', Achilles
1: patch. Notoriously buggy, but yeah. yeah, it's never too late. You, know, you drop five bucks,
2: and uh, actually, play. I have it. I have it. I oh, just need okay. to get the. I just need the patch. Um, I have just had a chance to play it yet. But uh... there's
0: even a community uh, expansion that lets you play uh as my particular favorite clan, hmm. La Sombra. Hmm. I realize that, you know, it doesn't quite make sense because, you know, your are Camarilla and Lissombra are sabat, but that's beside the point. They're a rare exception rule. Mm-hmm. Mostly because of Tenebration is my favorite. Type. Yeah, that's pretty cool. The whole shadow ability. <laughs> yeah. And who needs to cast reflections? Yeah, that's for squares. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to really like if you if, you, if we want to talk about if we want to talk about um, the best tutorial It really could ever be mentioned you gotta go back to 1-1 from mario brother because it's it it, like in game design schools it is literally taught as just about one of the perfect ways to do a thing yeah um because you know it teaches you it it starts out very simple you are not in danger at the beginning of the of the thing at least not for a little bit i think the goomba does eventually approach and kill you but you're not on a huge clock um so you get to move around. You get to find out. Oh, I have to jump to not get killed by the Goomba. And oh, question mark bo- blocks are good, and so are mushrooms. That's good. And then you, you learn how experience. to jump. And then you learn how to jump higher. And then you learn how to jump higher. And then you learn how to jump over gaps. Um, you learn about power ups. And if you really don't want to play the first level, you can skip it because there's a warp to the end of the level in the third pipe that you uh, that you come across. So like it but it progressively teaches you everything in a very like in a very basic form and by the time you are done you have learned almost everything there is to learn about the game the only yep. thing I that it doesn't really teach you is how to slide oh, which yeah. is you know run and then duck while you're big um yeah there's only a couple of uh but even then the there's only one or two places where you Kind of, or you almost need to do that, and even then, there are ways. There are things you can do so as to not do that instead of doing. I think it's
1: a uh, it's it's a good example to point to as well because it was like it's one of those games that was early enough that it didn't have any like you know luxuries of explaining Mm -hmm. things because just the basicness of the game like how mm. much detail you can put in there you didn't have any fancy interfaces or like voices or you have up down left and right left right and four buttons and you're just yeah side scrolling one direction you have like two action buttons and a control pad or joystick or you're playing the old arcade
0: game and that's pretty much it mm-hmm. but it is the it is sort of the um the game for for um like the the thing you can point at as this is how you can do tutorials in an unobtrusive and highly effective manner. I think um, Super Mario Brothers 3
1: gets an honorable mention as well. I feel like the opening level on that also job.
0: Most of the Mario games have a very good opening. Super level. Mario
1: World as well. Mm-hmm. You get to, you know, try out Yoshi and all that good stuff.
0: Well, it depends on if you go left or right. You definitely want to go right at the beginning in Super Mario World if you don't know what you're doing. Left is kind of tricky, but, you know, you learn that pretty quick, too, so.
1: Yeah, I notice, um, yeah. I mean, you know, of course, a lot of it is just the sheer, like, age of the franchise or whatever, but when you come up with um, games that have good examples, it's one of those things where... Um, Generally speaking, they have a trend over time. Like, there's the exception where, like, we said that Skyrim is kind of a step back from Oblivion. But generally mm-hmm. speaking, if you have a if you have a franchise or whatever, then it's going to be fairly consistent. Um, like, um, you know, Fallout. Uh, so I said <coughs> pretty good tutorials. And mm-hmm. Sometimes though, the franchises get like there's there the entries can be so vastly different and made by different people that it can kind of vary a bit. Like, I feel like Final Fantasy is a good example of that. Like I feel like the original Final Fantasy had a great tutorial because it's like it's kind of like a tutorial in the sense of an opening level, like Mario. It's like, hey, look, yeah. you're in the game, you're doing a thing, and you go through like a basic, you know, dungeon with like some fights and a little, you know, boss. It's not terribly difficult, right? And you get the basics, like the, you know, kind of basic vibe of the game. And then you have like a Final Fantasy 13, where it's like, oh, uh, five hours later, I'm still essentially playing the tutorial. Yeah. Just because it's not official doesn't make it any less annoying, you guys. Okay, yeah. <laughs> stop like, spoon feeding me this shit and let me play the game.
0: Like, all right, I'm level fifty. What? You're introducing a new mechanic now? Oh, hey, here's a long cutscene. Uh, it's like, <laughs> can I just play well, that? No, another long cutscene. Square games are kind of a long cutscenes are kind of a thing with Square games. You, you, you have that's something you have to buy into going. Well, around. sure, but the problem
1: is when you front load all that shit, right? Yeah. It's like it just the pacing is so off. And don't get me wrong, like I love a good cutscene. I mean, I've been playing mm-hmm. Final Fantasy since the original game. And, yeah, you know, I, I I enjoy all that stuff. You know, I I like that cinematic aspect of
0: most games. um uh, But oh boy, did they overplay that! I mean, so I will talk bad about a about another game that I actually like. Because here's the thing, I do like Kingdom Hearts too. Just that that that. <sighs> tutorial intro really gets my blood boiling because it's I constructive remember...
1: criticism if it yeah. means you're invested right whenever mm-hmm. you point out something you're like yeah this is an opportunity You really could have done this better it's like you care enough to actually take yeah. the time to think about it and analyze
0: so it. To, to to bag on another game that i really like path of exile has shit ha, has an absolutely shit tutorial and it really it, it's like it technically has a tutorial it teaches you how to socket the skill gems into your weapon and how to use health flask. And there is a thing that tells you, hey, you leveled up, you can now see the leveling tree. But you know what it doesn't do? Mm. give you any sort of li- guidelines as to what you might want to try and do with the leveling tree. The leveling tree is one of the best things about Path of Exile. However, it's the sphere grid from Final Fantasy X. Without Final Fantasy X's good introduction and teaching you how the sphere grid works, you're plopped down into a giant web of a bunch of things, all of which gives you some sort of bonus, kind of like like we'll 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 do something, but you don't know whether anything is good. You don't know, like you don't know what you should, unless you are following a community build guide. Build guide. It is extremely not newbie friendly. No, see that's uh that's the rub, right? It's like
1: you get in there. And it's like, it's so overwhelming and intimidating that then you find yourself using a guide, which then defe- defeats the very purpose of having all that possibility and variety because then you're just following rote instructions. Well, to do. I will admit, so, I
0: follow build guides every time I play that game because I'm not very good at making my own builds. The thing, that, the thing there is, I recognize that after having played the game for a while and be like, I'm just not, like every, every time I've tried to design my own yeah. build, I'm like, no, this just doesn't work. So instead, I'm I decide what sort of archetype I want to play, what like what what skill I want to focus on, and then I look up a guide for that skill because someone invariably has done it way better than me. Did you uh, do you get to like respec it at the end of a playthrough? <coughs> um, so you can always level a new character. So no, then um, <laughs> you, you have you so no. Hero. You get you get a certain number of respect points, but you don't get to respect your entire trade. Okay. Well, I mean, technically, you can because there's a currency that that drops in the game, and it's not a. Isn't an, one of the reasons costable, I like, but
1: cost prohibitive with that. Be
0: yeah, fair? and and it's not something where you can like you can shell out money for it. That's one of the things I like about Path of Exile. There is no real pay to win. Um, there is pay for a little bit of extra convenience in the form of additional stash tabs. But you don't even need those. Yeah, um, they just make things easier for you. <laughs> um, so there is a an in-game currency that drops that gives you an additional respect point. The thing is, if you c- collect all of the points in the game, all of the uh of the available points in the uh, game, there's a hundred and twenty-three. If you level all the way to 100, although if you if you're leveling all the way to 100, you've fig, you've figured out a build that works by then. But yeah, there's like a full-on respec is pretty hard to come by. Which you know, it's whatever. It's a good I, game, but it's but it's dependent on community support. And uh, for new players, yeah. it's very newbie unfriendly, which is not like, well. The good it's, news it, is that that's yeah. a lot easier to come by these days, you know? Yes, it's a lot easier to find for, to find community support for games. Another example that that I've been told is accurate, although I've never played it, so I couldn't say, is uh, Warframe. Which apparently, similarly, just kind of dumps you into a sea of things that you could do. Mm-hmm. and gives you a nice big sandbox and a bunch of tools, and says, have fun! Uh, but you don't know how to do any of, but you don't know how to do any of the things. But oh, for some can... reason, that totally
1: reminded me of another game that has to be mentioned. You said dumps you into a sea of blah, blah, blah. Uh, Eve Online. Holy God. <laughs> <laughs> Holy <laughs> fucking Lord. It may be the worst tutorial of all time. In, oh, yeah. I don't mean this in a, like, sloggy sense, like Final Fantasy Thirteen. I mean this in a, hey, here's some very bare bones things. And about 99% of the game is still confusing and intimidating to you. And good
2: luck. Well, And the thing with EVE Online is it is so confusing, the tutorial is so bad, that there are groups that will basically um, shanghai new players yes, based the, on, their uh, ig- on their ignorance. And
0: uh, We will basically- bring you to this place to get a thing, and then they create indentured servants. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. It's, it's a- so meta there is there's an entire group of, uh, of players that have created kind of rescue organization for that. It's such
1: a weird it's such a it's such a fascinating like yeah. uh like psychology of that game like because it's <laughs> like you know you get the best and the worst of humanity and everything in between it's like oh hey look um we're we're hijacking new players to like basically make them like virtual salt miners or whatever. And yeah. then you have like these people that are like either um, um gosh oh that's the word altruistic either altruistic or bored or maybe they're all both they're just like oh no we're gonna we're the freedom fighters we're gonna help these we're gonna help these uh, downtrodden virtual people <laughs> it's, like, it's so fucking weird
0: man and like, they that, go to war with each other like, it's a classic
1: yeah. example of a game that is so much more fun to read about than actually play
0: oh yeah i i, I have no desire to ever play eve online I have read enough about EVE Online to greatly appreciate everything there is to, like, I I have gotten a lot of enjoyment out of EVE Online without ever having installed it on my computer. Yeah, it's very much one of those things where it's like, it may not be for me, but I'm so glad
1: it
2: exists. (laughs) There are are entire books on the history of EVE Online. It's pretty Um, crazy, man. And there are wars that are fought between player factions.
1: And now the gaming... Damn, it's crazy to think the game came out in 2005. It's been around for like 16 years now.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, it reminds me of a of a thing that I keep seeing uh, pop up on my feed. What you think Fallout was like 13 years ago? And it's Fallout Two, but it's It was actually Fallout Three because it's like it shows <laughs> yeah. it shows the isometric hex based Fallout Two grid, and then no, what was what Fallout was actually like three years ago, which was you standing in front of a 3D Fallout um Str- super mutant behemoth. <laughs> It's like,
2: I feel old, right? See, I remember when Sid Meier's Pirates came out, and that was state-of-the-art, because you you were know, traveling ship around, and you had wind physics that you had to work through, and that was in the late 80s. And seeing something that was not on the monochromatic screen was just amazing.
1: I played the uh, the updated version of that game. I don't remember what year it came out, but it was kind of, like, cartoony. Pirates? Yeah. Yeah, because you could sword fight now yes yeah, yeah there's a few many games like that and it's fun had a nice air
2: of whimsy to it I enjoyed it yeah I, yeah, I the... cool the thing with pirates was it would you know, it would tell you how to do things a little bit but it, that was in an era when books you know when games didn't have tutorials they had rule books you know or yeah. guidebooks that actually came with them.
1: That's another thing, too, is like you have to kind of like judge it based on the era in which it came out, because it's like, all right, well, was there a physical instruction manual with it or not? Mm -hmm. Now, granted, you know, I guess you could argue that, you know, um, the less reliant one is on an external thing, the better it's going to be, because that's an Mm -hmm. obvious crutch where it's like, oh, well, we don't really we don't really know how to design a proper tutorial. So we'll just slap a little book together, you know? Mm -hmm. Because even then, like, there's all you know, there's all kinds of examples of, like, the instruction manual gets lost or thrown away or the dog tears it up or whatever. You know, there's all kinds of cases where, sure, it came with an instruction manual, but the person playing the game doesn't have it. Right. And the game is used or sold or whatever, you know?
2: Yeah. Well, the other thing about uh, a lot of those was um, the original version of security with those was you had to have the instruction manual because you oh, had yes. to answer a question based on what was on a certain
0: page. What's the what's the twelfth word on page 17? Or what's yeah, what's you know, uh, who, you know,
2: what country did such and such. I yeah. mean it's just insane. But that was how they,
0: you know, made sure that you had access to the This actual actually came structure. up in our DRM episode if you'll recall. I remember that. Yeah. Hint, hint, check out our DRM episode.
1: <laughs> in the way back machine. Right?
0: Or just search DRM on our searchable website. So at dot com. That's the
2: one. So, yeah, because I remember back you know back in my day, um, you know you had to have the actual thing add the actual game uh, was what I'm looking for the actual game manual in order to play the game. Mm-hmm. So, and then A lot that start-
1: had to do with the size of the box, too. I remember when PC games came in big boxes, oh, yeah. I've still got some
0: of those big boxes.
1: Diablo 2, when it was originally released, was in one of those old school big boxes and had a pretty sizable instruction manual.
0: I've still actually got my my install disks from Diablo 2 around here somewhere.
1: I kind of regret throwing away some of those old boxes because, like, it would look really cool now.
0: Okay. So, Ben, I, I realize this is a bit of a tangent, but you, you, you are the person I could ask this. Did you ever get the Babelfish? In? In The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. No, I didn't. I did not. Uh... There's an all uh, the there's a there's a hitchhiker's Guide to the galaxy text adventure that is notoriously difficult. Um, you have, I believe it's twelve turns to wake up, get out of bed, get dressed, get out of your house before the bulldozer comes and destroys your house, whether or not you're inside it or not. <laughs> if you're inside it, you die. And similarly, getting the Babelfish, like you have a certain number of turns to be able to get the babel fish, and if you fail, then you lose. um. To the point where there are shirts that say, I got the Fish." <laughs> That's like a proto.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. T-shirts, collectible T-shirts were the proto memes.
0: <laughs> Been there, done that. Didn't like the T-shirt. <laughs> I remember Colossal Cave. I played the heck out of Colossal.
1: <laughs> well, another, uh, another couple of games I want to touch on that are in the, in the sci-fi realm. I know it's, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a um, gray area with hitchhikers, I suppose. But, um, uh, there's, uh, the original Halo for Xbox. Um, i think that had a really great opening really good level. first level yeah yeah it was really fun and engaging cinematic and it did a good job of mm-hmm. consistently teaching you how things work trying out like weapons and grenades and the controls of course that was the original thing is you coming out of that cryo sleep like a la aliens and yeah. like you know would you around. please look
0: up now look Getting down shields
1: charged all that good stuff mm-hmm. oh uh, another one i completely forgot to mention um it was kind of iconic. Well, I should say kind of is definitely iconic. The opening to the original Half-Life game. They're waiting for you, Gordon. Well, In the test chamber.
0: See, here's the thing. That's actually really not a tutorial. That's just an opening level. The tutorial is the uh, hazard course. That's true. Yeah, that's right. There was an actual proper tutorial before that. And but you could not play it. I think that's actually one of the things. And, and it's honestly a pretty good tutorial, too. Yeah, um, yeah, it is. Honest, yeah. I would say actually one thing that I think really marks a very good tutorial is one that you don't have to do. Right, right. That's a good point, because that's actually
1: exactly what happened to me with Half-Life. I just played Half-Life and I figured it out. And then like after the fact, I'm like, oh, look, there's a little hazard course thingy.
0: Well, that and, kind of and like and, and also just like having them be skippable. You're right. like, well, perfect example um for that i can that i can bring up because the game grumps are playing it right now and it's one of my favorite games um super mario rpg legend of the seven stars oh get out of my head i was just (laughs) i was just making a mental note (laughs) to bring
1: up that game next
0: um so um the first little bit you go to bowser's castle and you learn basic movement and you learn basic combat and you really can't lose um in fact i don't believe it is at all possible to lose I I should try to lose it at some point just to see like can, can I can can I get killed if I just defend forever until Bowser finally takes all of my hit points um well I'm sure they'll be like no Mario don't give up um but as as you're leaving um to go to the mushroom kingdom to hit hit hit, hit mushroom way um toad pops up and says hey do you know about timed hits it's the tutorial for the thing to, to the for the for the for the like the basic like the 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 less super basic stuff and you can say yeah i know about timed hits and congratulations you don't have to do the tutorial fight where you learn about timed hits now similarly do you know how to use items yes okay then
1: (laughs) yes it's actually a really good point is um, those are that's a great little device and tutorials and opening levels where it's like you just have a clear mark where it's like a bus stop or a train stop. Or it's like, all right, well, you can clearly get off here if you don't need this shit.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So skippable tutorials, I think, is really okay. re- I- are really important. Um, right. the tutorial for Cuphead um, isn't skippable, but it only but it if you know what you're doing, it only takes you about 10 seconds to beat. Because it's just a small level, and if you don't know what you're doing, why are you playing Cuphead? Indeed. Which is a tough-as-nails boss-rush fight game that is really good. I don't know if, if you, guys, you guys... Do either of you know Cuphead? I'm familiar with Cuphead.
1: I haven't really played it myself, but I've seen it played.
0: I, I, I've played a, i played ai played a fair bit. I got to the third area, and uh, by the time I got to the third area, you can, there's a... Uh, a pool of knowledge that can tell you interesting things about your, about yourself. by the time I had made it to the third of four areas, I had died 427 times and I didn't, and I didn't feel bad about it. Like it's, it's one of those things where it's the the death happens so regularly and so fairly, like, Anytime you die, you know exactly why you died and how you screwed up. So it really pushes that one more try mentality. Right. I feel like Ninja um, Gaiden is another good example of that. I've beaten Ninja Gaiden. One, die a two lot, man but it uh,
1: doesn't really feel... Well, I mean like the Xbox era games. Oh, okay. Not the old school. And those were... Oh my God, those are super fucking tough. But...
0: Uh, that's why I was able... Uh, that's why I listed it as, as an accomplishment. Oh yeah,
1: no doubt. That's a huge gaming accomplishment. Congrats on that, but... uh I just meant that the new guard of Ninja Gaiden Games had a good, yeah, you know, thing of like being challenging and stuff, but not feeling punishing or cheap, which can be yeah. a hard balance to strike sometimes.
0: It's like it, Dark Souls one and three uh, are that's what everyone talks about. Dark Souls two actually feels really cheap, and I found out re- after a while is uh, it's kind of the black sheep of the Dark Souls family. Everyone thinks, yeah, it's kind of cheap, but the tough but fair is is a. We could probably do an episode on tough but fair games. Um, Definitely. Oh, um, I mentioned the, you know several
1: Final Fantasy examples. i was going to add Final Fantasy tactics to that list because I think that was really mm-hmm. cool opening opening um, level there. It's not quite a tutorial. It's kind of a they have kind of an integrated tutorial thing. You have yeah. a tutorial menu, but the the whole kind of like opening experience, I feel, it does a good job of like getting you invested in the story and characters and kind of the uh, atmosphere of the game and yeah. setting and all that. While well, at the same time having kind of a fun, like, you know, gameplay mechanic thing going on and kind of encouraging to learn about the various jobs and whatnot. Yeah.
0: And having it start in medias Res helps, too.
1: Yes, indeed. Which the classic example of that I use is uh, the opening to Star Wars Episode Four: a New Hope, because, I mean, right. come on, it's hard to top that. It's like, hey, lasers, pew, 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 ships fighting yeah. in space, and then fucking crazy Dark Lord of the Sith shows up and starts chokeslaming oh. fools. And not to
0: After mention, a it's literally... Game, even though it's the first one, it's it's about as in made yes res as you can get because it's episode four. Yes, right. Easy. Although it originally
2: it wasn't originally episode four; it was just Star Wars. Um, yep, it didn't become episode four until the Empire Strikes Back.
1: But that Star Wars has a rich history of uh, you know changing titles and retcons. names and subtitles and retcons okay. and all that good stuff.
2: So, so and in fact, you know, uh, did we cover Fallout Four as a uh, as a good... um, no? We just
0: implied it. Yeah, yeah we, we implied it because we we were like, yeah, we've, we've been talking a lot, a lot about Bethesda games. Honestly, right. I think of the Fallout, of, of the 3D Fallout games, Fallout 4 actually has the weakest tutorial.
2: It does. Of the three, it's still a good tutorial, because uh, it's basically a day in the life. But
0: it's... I would like to point out, from before uh, Bethesda, Fallout 2's Temple of Trials. Yeah, Temple of Trials, um, that was a good, that was a the good
2: tutorial. The Temple
0: of Trials is really good. Um, yes, t- theoretically you can die in it, but that's okay. Um, But it teaches you, um, it teaches you multi, um, multi-layered problem-solving concept because there are a few different things that you can actually deal with in more than one way, including the final guy who you can, who, who there's five different ways you can deal with, with the guy guarding the vault suit. You can fight him as he says you should, you can convince him not to fight, you can blow him up with plastic explosives. You can just steal the key from him. You can pick the lock to the door and not do anything with him. Uh, like, Circuit <laughs> him entirely, right? Yes. So the game teaches you that there are... So so it teaches you... One, it teaches you how to do fighting because you fight some giant ants. It teaches you how to use explosives because you have to do that. There There is one door you actually have to blow up. Um, it teaches you how to pick locks because you have, there's one door you, whose lock you have to pick. And then it teaches you that these are all simply tools in your belt right and how you that how you accomplish your goals is entirely up to you the power is yours yes which i think is uh like it, it's uh, and yes i'm biased because it's one of my favorite games um but it's one of those tutorials that I could actually just replay, like, any time, too. Right, and it is part of the story, so you kind of mm-hmm. have to
2: play it, but it, it serves a function of the story. And also, mm-hmm. as you go around in the town, you can use those things, because, uh, you uh, you know, in, as you go around in the village... In Arroyo. You know, you, yeah, in Arroyo, you can, uh, you, know, sharpen a, you know, sharpen a knife using flint. Uh,
0: Not using the knife, the spear.
2: The spear, sorry, sorry yeah, sharpen. And weapon.
0: you definitely want to get the sharpened spear. Mm-hmm. It is the king of weapons for the first like until you get a gun. two and a half towns, <laughs> right? So you get a gun, that sharpened spear is your
2: is your go to.
0: Yeah, because and well, until you get a decent gun, because technically you can get a crap gun in the first t- in in Klamath, but yeah. it's a very crap gun. Right? Until you so. get until you hit the den, pretty much you want to just use that sharpened spear. Also, because ammo is hard to come by early game.
2: Yeah, yeah, okay. and. I, lo- I love how uh, ammo becomes uh, currency for me in later Fallout games. <laughs> that thirty eight caliber bullshit and the twenty 22 caliber guns, twenty-two got caliber ammo, that's just currency Yeah. Me.
0: Man, yeah. now I want to play through Fallout Two again. Might have to do that on stream. Twitch.tv slash ring it on blue. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about um older, you know, games that just kind of teach by doing and I think another good example is um Legend of Zelda Link to the Past for Super Nintendo. That opening sequence is pretty good. Yeah. Because it's like, you're in the world, things are happening... You're, you know it's like you have the whole ambiance and great and stuff and it, te- it teaches you all this basic stuff by just going and doing the thing it's like yeah okay going in and out of buildings and like picking up like shrubs and throwing them and using the sword and yeah you're like your lighting uncle the teaches you how to,
0: how to uh, swing a sword that and basic stuff perform yeah. the spin technique and as course, opposed uh, to
1: throwing the pots which is yeah. actually does I always found that amusing that throwing a, uh, a ceramic pot, at the uh at the knight does more damage than um striking him with a sword like no joke that that original that basic sword that you get for your uncle is like you know like that's the metric for damage it's like one hit if you hit somebody in the pot the pot is two two hits
0: (laughs) yeah well any thrown weapon actually is two hits no Um,
1: that's not actually true the shrubbery is only one hit no
0: bushes are still two as well i'm pretty sure
1: Shrub- uh, I'm pretty sure the shrubbery is only one. I'll have to consult the internet. I'm pretty yeah. sure the shrubbery is just one. But there's a two-hit blue knights and it's like sword yeah. wouldn't do it, but hit him with a pot, boom, they're down to the count. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's
0: a very, it's it's a very good like, and, and sometimes it's hard to to draw the line between first level and tutorial. Yeah, yeah. Some, because often they they overlap. Like right. technically speaking, one one is not a tutorial. Yeah, it just functions. It doesn't actually me. tell you how to do anything. You just, you just learn it by, by the time you have beaten the level, you have learned how to play the game. Intuition. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah, that was, uh, that opening sequence, it covers pretty much all the basics. Um, I think you get your, I uh, so, well, the boomerang might come a little later, but I know you get to do like the thing where you like, uh, like step on a hidden switch or whatever, and, like the basic pushing and pulling of objects and all that good stuff.
2: Right. So anymore, like when you're playing on console games or on, you know, like I do on PC, some things are universal. You know, the uh, A S uh, you know W A S D keys are you know are your front and back and sideways. Um, you know, your left mouse button is usually your attack. Yeah. Um, you know, on uh, you know unless you're playing Bio uh, Bio
0: um, But and then This was built for a controller, not not mouse and keyboard. So. Right. So, um,
2: right. so and it's, anymore, the tutorial is like that part of the. Uh, because every uh, every role playing game book has that part section how to play with RPGs.
1: What's a what's a role playing game?
2: <laughs> what's a yeah. role playing game? Oh huh, yeah, you know, and and I think that has changed because it's become so universalized in a is. lot of ways. You know, it's become yeah you know, so very um, standardized. Yeah. The the tutorials as we go along, I think, are going to have to. Be there for the first time player because there's still gonna be those. Yeah
0: that that was that was the, the thing that uh mm-hmm. the guy I mentioned earlier with his non-video game playing wife um mm-hmm. he noticed that a lot of games these days actually kind of skimp on the tutorial mm-hmm. because um a lot of the things that it would teach you are things that you that that as gamers we already know exactly but the especially these days, tutorials need to exist a lot for the non gamers yeah. yeah, I think you've seen a lot of that uh,
1: skimping with, with more recent games because uh, just the sheer the sheer number of people playing games and the and like amount of games or complexity of games that people that do play games are playing it right. a lot of people you know mm-hmm. kind of take for granted baseline levels of knowledge on some of that stuff now. Right.
0: I'll tell you what game had a really great um tutorial at least in my opinion and it had this tutorial without say without telling you to do much similar to 1-1 and that was hollow night which by the way if you haven't played hollow night play hollow night it is such a great metroidvania style uh game with really fantastic ambiance and like like it, it's 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 fantastic like it's one of those games that you should play that, that you should either play or watch a good long play of um just because it's worth experiencing in one way, shape, or form. But especially, I recommend playing it enough to really be able to appreciate speedruns of it. Because I have watched some speedruns of of Hollow Knight, and I'm like, uh, after having not ever actually beaten it because I got to a point where I didn't know what what to do next, and then I got distracted and never picked it back up.
1: I assume that's the, how is that possible noise?
0: Yes. It's one of those things where you watch someone, it, it, well... Actually, no, it's not so much the how is that possible because Hollow Knight is w- another game where where like the controls, etc., are super tight. Like you can tell exactly how the person did every single thing that he did. However, at the same time, the performance of said t- of feats is one of those things where it takes it takes so much coordination to be able to pull it off that it is incredibly impressive it's like when you see somebody
1: do like a like a triple de- A dance dance revolution on like the hardest song or whatever yeah it's like what the fuck was that come on
0: exactly or like when you watch someone speed solve a rubik's cube <laughs> in case people don't know dance dance revolution which how do you not know dance dance revolution you're too young to be in our audience i think <laughs> by the way this show is not intended for people under the age of 13 if you are under the age of thirteen and you are listening to this podcast, we I mean we we, we you, you shouldn't be. So that way the government doesn't get mad at us. Unless you're listening with your parents. That's
1: okay. Any other uh, specific games want to touch on or we have a few minutes?
0: Um looking through my uh steam library
1: i think uh transistor gets an honorable mention as well i feel like that's a a fun intro that kind of sucks you into the story and
0: does a good job of kind of building the mechanics slowly and steadily you know what else i would say is is good Hmm. um i mean you you have to be a little bit uh bought in because for the for the uh for actually no here here is a game that is that that has a very good tutorial and opening level and he's in my street so we'll talk about it instead and that is katamari damacy it is a game wherein you push around a ball and roll things up and yep. by things i mean um, the universe eventually continents and planets and other things um it has a very basic uh initial here are all the controls and it won't let you continue until you've executed one of each of the controls which is good I think. Um, So, you know, you have to roll forward, you have to roll backward, you have to do a sharp left and right turn, you have to do, you know, strafing. And then the first level is completely chill. Yeah, there's no time limit, Um, unlike every other level. It's just, okay, we need you to get your Katamari to be this size. Go for it
1: yeah that's another and, aspect of tutorials is kind of having like a fun it can be a little counter but like a fun little mini sandbox of sorts just kind yeah. of try out the basics of what you learned mm-hmm.
0: and you know there's no pressure because you will eventually finish but um you know it's just it's easy oh and another game that had a really good tutorial uh, but also incredibly simplistic gameplay um is another game that i keep meaning to get good at uh, to to perhaps try and develop as a speed game and that is one finger death punch which is a game that is played entirely with the left and right either mouse buttons or arrows on your controller on your keyboard and all you have to do is press the button when there's a guy in front of you to punch your stick figure punches the guy and then you might have to press the other direction and punch the other guy it gets hectic when you're fighting. Two, three hundred guys in a row. And they're so it's coming. Like a, it's like a death dirty and, check. Yeah. It's it's what it is, is it's a kung fu rhythm game. Ah, yeah. Kind of. Um, because it's not actually you don't actually have to play it like it's not a rhythm game actually, but it's very much rhythm-esque in that
1: there's two keys
0: though, isn't it? Kind of two finger death punch. Yeah, but that's not nearly as good a name. True. And technically you could play it with one finger just by um moving it back and forth somewhat rapidly. But that would actually probably cause you a repetitive stress injury. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> it
1: doesn't sound very manageable. You'd have to have two fingers ready to go. Yeah.
0: Or you could play it with one finger on each hand. But yeah, I, um, check out Hollow Knight and One Finger Death Punch on Katamari okay. Damacy.
1: Or We Heart Ka- Katamari, one of those iterations.
0: Yeah, well, Katamari Damacy re-roll is actually available on Steam. There you go. Um, So... It's the only Katamari game that I'm aware of that's that's available for PC, at the, which was a re, which was a remaster and re-release of uh, the first Katamari. I also own We Heart Katamari on my PS2.
1: Yeah, that's the game I I started with.
0: And there was beautiful Katamari for the Xbox and 360. So if you are a are a Microsoft stan, you got that you got that going for you as well. Multi-platform. Mm-hmm. I don't have much else. Um, tutorials yeah, I mean, like problem. we we we've had the good, the bad, and the ugly, and we've we've rambled enough. Um. Next time, um, we are going to talk about either The Suicide Squad or Shang-Chi, or maybe both. It kind of depends on what we can do in terms of managing to get stuff watched. Okay. Um, yep. In the meantime, this has been Neil. The one true Ben. And Mike. And we will talk to you next time on Geek Fanthology. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It is brought to you by a letter and a number. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. If there was interstitial music in this episode, it'll be listed in the doobly-doo. If you enjoyed this podcast or know someone who would, please consider sharing it in your social media, sending us an email, or leaving us a comment. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate us. If you're listening on Spotify, please follow us, etc., etc. Anything that you can do to help boost the signal and work the algorithm to make us more discoverable is appreciated. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us, either by making a one-time donation on our website or a reoccurring one on Patreon at patreon.com slash A final thought. This outro is recorded in advance, and you may never hear it. It kind of depends on whether Neil has time to record a regular outro for an episode or if something gets in the way.